Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Let's talk some kingdom principles and let's figure out how we as a community can can address some of these issues that are going on because this is this is the pandemic that's still alive. Come on. This is the epidemic that's still going on in our country that nobody wants to talk about. COVID's hit and everybody stopped talking about it. Um but it's still it's still alive and well. It's still kicking today. And it's this uh pandemic of addiction. So let's jump right into this. Look, there's been four overdoses in my county, in Coffee County, Tennessee, in Manchester, in Tullahoma, where four individuals, four fatal overdoses. That That's not counting the people who have been brought back by Narcan who would have been dead um, had they not had the Narcan. But we're talking about four fatal overdoses, one worked by the city and three worked by the county in the last three weeks. In the last three weeks, this has happened in my hometown and in my my home county. First off, I want to say to the families uh, that that my heart breaks for you. Um, I am uh, I, I am I am I am here for you. I understand what this loss of life is like. It's horrific. It's horrible. I have lost now nine friends over the last six years, all from drug overdoses. Um, And so trust me, when I say this hits home, when I say that I know what it is that you're feeling, that I know uh, the pain that you are enduring right now, hear me when I say that, I know. So first off, I want to say that uh, uh, to these families, we are praying for you. We are praying with you. If you need anything, you you have full liberty and privilege. Reach out to me. Reach out to our team with Miriam House and BTB. If there's anything that we can do for you, we want to uh, be here for you. So just know our prayers are with you. And one of the things why I'm so passionate about this, you know, some people will mistake uh, posts. Some people will mistake even this video today and say he's out lashing um, from a place of anger. Um, and that couldn't be further from the truth. This comes from a burden that I carry in the kingdom of God for people who are mixed up in darkness. Very simple, my friends. This is about a man who's sitting across from you today, who's been pulled out of, out of, out of darkness and into God's marvelous light. And I simply carry a burden to go back in after individuals. The Lord set me free. And just like Moses was sent out of Egypt and he went back in to get the people from the very thing that he was delivered from. That's what the Lord has called me to do. And that's what we do at BTB and Miriam House. That's where the whole name stems from. 
is Exodus chapter 3, an encounter with the burning bush. The Lord spoke to me and said that he was going to use addicts to speak through like he spoke through that burning bush. We have testimony after testimony, life after life that has been changed by the power of the gospel at Miriam House and BTB. I thank God for the ministries of Adult and Teen Challenge with men's homes and women's homes all across the globe that are on the front lines battling this pandemic. And faith-based recovery ministries need support, not people combating them. They need support. They need financial support. They need prayer support. They need support in local politics. They need support in local government. They need support in the courthouse because it's those ministries that are saving lives. Point blank, period. And, and don't mistake my passion for anger because here, here is what really gets me ticking is that there's lives on the line. And, and people seem to think uh, that this is just like a contest or something where people are getting upset and, and it's a competition. Like, that's not what this is. This is lives are on the line and people are dying. People are dying. You know, this is, uh, I'm jumping on today because I want to help somebody. I want to help my region. I want to help my city. I want to help my nation. I want to help my country. Because watch this. This video is not going to stay here in Middle Tennessee. The influence of BTB and Miriam House doesn't stay in Middle Tennessee. It doesn't stay in Manchester. It doesn't stay in Hillsboro. It doesn't stay over by the fairgrounds in Manchester, Tennessee. Our influence reaches this nation because people come to the program from all over the nation. So I want to help my nation today. I want to help my region today. I want to help my state today. That's why I'm jumping on and doing this because we've got to get a hold of this. We need to support one another. And let me tell you right now, it's going to be the body of Christ. It's going to be a revival that kicks off. I've been talking to a lot of directors. I've been talking to a lot of pastors and, and, and a lot of folks really believe a, a great awakening and a wave of revival is going to come through the recovery community. Why? Because they have been forgiven much, therefore they will love much. Come on. They have been forgiven much, therefore they will love much. They will go back in after others. They will share the gospel unashamed, unashamedly because it is the power of the gospel that is for salvation unto men for them that believe. Come on. Like this is, this is, this is where revival is going to kick off, folks. This is, a, this is a community of people that are hungry for God. And so, you know, I want to help people that are going to be tuning in from all over the country tonight, um, watching this video, maybe even in the next couple of days. And I want to give us some strategy um, to how we can combat this, to how we can stop people from dying, how we can stop people from dying. Uh, number one, the number one strategy that I want everybody to understand and really grab a hold of tonight. This is why it's number one, numero uno, because it is the most important. Addiction is a spiritual problem. Addiction, let me repeat that, is a spiritual problem. And people need deliverance. 
Addiction is a spiritual problem and people need deliverance. We need to get to the root of addiction. We need to get to the root of addiction. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, you know what? I think I'm going to become an addict today. Or no child grows up and says, I think when I grow up, I want to be a drug addict and my life a mess and, and have all of these problems. But the main root of addiction is spiritual. Addiction does have, have a physical element to it because when you pour substances into your body, when you pour substances into your body for long periods of time, it will eventually affect your body. I always give a demonstration like this. If you have a 21-year-old individual who is healthy, um, who runs five miles a day, he eats healthy, he eats, all, he eats clean, he does all these good things for his body, but then he stops doing those things. He starts drinking 20 Mountain Dews a day and, and eating 30 cupcakes and just his diet goes, goes to garbage and he stops exercising. He'll develop over time what we know as a disease called diabetes. I'm not necessarily on the kick that addiction is a disease, but let me tell you something. If it is, I know the great physician. But also, when you pour chemicals into your body for that long periods of time, it will have an effect on your physical body, hands down. That ain't for debate. That ain't up for debate. You will have physical problems and physical ailments. You will have, uh, you will, you will, you will be supported. Your your body eventually becomes needing it, needing it. So watch this. Addiction is a spiritual issue. Well, Caleb, do you have any Bible for that? You better believe it. I do. Galatians chapter five. Paul says the works of the evident, the works of the flesh are evident. He says the works of the flesh are evident. And he goes into this long list of sins that we all know about, adultery, fornication, arguing, yelling, outbursts of wrath and, and adultery and sexual sin and immorality. And then he throws in this little word, the Greek word called pharmakia, and it's where we get our word pharmacy and drug. Pharmacy, drugs from. A pharmacy is where you go get drugs from. So all this ties in together here. And so when he throws in that little word, it's actually translated in the English as sorcery or witchcraft. And, and you say, how is addiction a spiritual problem? These are just people making bad decisions out here and they're, you know, they're, they're ruining their life. They're selfish. They're, they're evil and all these things. And trust me, like I get it, all of those things might be tied to them or they might make decisions that reflect that. But the root, remember what I told you, we, we need to get to the root issue and the root problem and the fact is, is that this is a spiritual problem because these individuals are practicing sorcery and witchcraft in the eyes of God. They are not in their right mind. Watch this. Peter says, be sober, be vigilant for your enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Want to know what that when you're not sober? You're not vigilant. And when you're not sober and vigilant, you become food for the lion. Why? Because you're in your flesh. Addiction, the root problem to addiction is that it is a spiritual issue. And that spiritual issue specifically needs deliverance. Here's the problem with deliverance. Deliverance gets messy and nobody wants to do it. Deliverance gets messy and nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to cast out devils anymore. We want to pet demons. We want to counsel demons. We want to sit them across from us 
and, and tell them about why their serotonin levels are this and that. And we've got a psychiatrist with a plaque behind the wall that's never lived anything about what these people are dealing with. And they're telling them about this is why you're depressed and this is why you're this and this is why you're that. Look, every drug addict is depressed. That's obvious. Why? Because their life is a mess. You didn't have to go to college to learn that. You, you don't need to be a therapist to know that, okay? They know, they know their life is a mess. They, they know their life is a mess. So it's a spiritual issue that needs a spiritual solution. Rocket science, isn't it? A spiritual problem needs a spiritual solution. Wow. We're getting it now, ain't we? Why do you think that faith-based programs, long-term faith-based programs, are so successful? It's because addiction is a spiritual issue, and you need a spiritual solution to fix that issue. That's why faith-based programs. I mentioned something a second ago there that you need to pay attention to. Long-term faith-based programs why? Because of the physical dependency that I just talked to you about a minute ago. When you pour substances into your body for long periods of time, you become physically dependent on them. And now you are physically dependent and now your body needs to heal. Watch this. Your body was created to heal itself. That's why scientists and medical experts can't figure out why we die when our body was created to heal itself. Let me help them. Genesis chapter 3. The fall of man. So now mankind dies, although the body was created to heal itself. So you have a physical problem and a spiritual problem. You have a physical problem and you have a spiritual problem. Y'all paying attention to this. That's why long-term, long-term, faith-based recovery centers that are really about discipleship, discipleship, that are about the Holy Ghost, because it takes the Holy Ghost to deliver you, by the way. That's how you keep your house clean and swept and in order, is the Holy Ghost is, is there. Otherwise, when you get delivered of the devil, seven more, just like him or more powerful, come with him back to check and see if your house is swept clean and in order. So, long-term, faith-based, Recovery centers is what works. Why? Because with the physical dependency that you have on substances, it takes your body time to heal unless the Lord supernaturally touches you and delivers you, which I believe in and I've seen him do. But for most of us, it takes for most of us, it takes that long term process of discipleship. Look, folks, Jesus don't say go out into the world and get people to bow their head and close their eyes and ask Jesus into their heart at the end of your services. Jesus says, go and make disciples. You can't make disciples with people that you refuse to do life with. That's why discipleship is so important. That's why we're really a discipleship program. I'm a discipleship program. The world looks at us as a faith based drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. But really what I am and what we are is a discipleship center. I teach men Jesus. In return, they get set free from drugs and alcohol. And not only drugs and alcohol, but a lifestyle of sin. So long-term recovery works. Why? Number one, because your body heals. 
uh, uh, faith-based recovery works because addiction is a spiritual issue that takes a spiritual solution to fix it. You know what I know what that equals, folks? Long-term faith-based recovery centers work. They work, folks. They work. Not everybody that ever shows up. Here's, you know, I get, we catch a little flax for this from time to time. But people are like, oh, you count your success rate off of the people who actually completed the program. Yeah, I do. Because I want to know if my program actually works. So why would I count against my success rate with people who didn't do the program? You see what I'm saying there? With just with BTB in the first three years, it's really higher than this. I haven't run the numbers again. But it's a 95% success rate as far as recidivism with folks not going back to jail or prison. When you teach people Jesus, even though they might make mistakes, they're never the same again if they've really had an encounter with him. Watch this, number two. That was number one. Number two is accountability. Hold folks accountable. If we want this to stop in our community, we have to hold folks accountable. Look, I've got a whole episode on my podcast. Uh, accountability is not an attack. I encourage everybody to go listen to it. I can't get into the whole uh, teaching on the accountability factor, but accountability is not an attack. Look, true love. That's Jesus makes a statement. He says, if you love me, you obey my commands. When Jesus makes that statement, he is making the statement of, if you love me, you will treat me and respond to me the correct way. If you really love people, you cannot enable them and you will hold them accountable. Parents, we have to hold our children accountable and we have to love them by holding them accountable. Accountability equals love. Accountability equals love. We cannot enable folks. We have to hold folks accountable because here's the thing. People in recovery sometimes might make mistakes. People in recovery sometimes might make mistakes, but they're still a child of God. If they said yes to him and believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that he is the Lord, the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. The Bible says that they shall be saved because you're saved by grace. You ain't saved by your works and how good of a little boy or how good of a little girl you are. And how many years you've been a deacon at the church down the road? And did your mom go to church and your granny go to church? Are you a third generation? No, you are a believer and you are saved by the confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart. So to the individuals that's been serving God for 30 years and to a student in my program who's been serving God for 30 days, guess what? Y'all still got the same salvation. Y'all got the same salvation. And no, 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 nobody is better than that individual because they got saved 30 days ago or you got saved 30 years ago. We better grab a hold of that one, too. Accountability. Accountability is not an attack. Accountability and not enabling is true love. Love is an action. Love is not an ooey gooey feeling that you get when an individual walks in the room. Love is an action. Hence, Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. So get a hold of that. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna get to go through um, through everything, and maybe I'll jump back on and do do another 
do another teaching, whatever you want to call this. I don't know, even know what this is. I just, I'm just talking to, to family, talking to kingdom family, talking to families who, who need help with this. They have loved ones wrapped up in addiction, um, talking to uh, local leaders, talking to local leaders who need to hear this stuff, local politicians who need to hear this stuff, uh, anybody and everybody who needs to hear this, I'm going, I'm going to keep teaching it. But, but number one, was that addiction is a spiritual issue, so it needs a spiritual solution. Facts. What's up, Josh Kellenhofer, my man? Space Pimp, in the comment section. Dropping facts. <laughs> it's, it's facts, what I'm telling you right now. Accountability is love. Addiction is a spiritual issue. It needs a spiritual solution. Here you go. Here's number three. You're taking notes. Write this one down. We need people in our community who will come together and who will help faith-based programs, especially folks that call themselves believers that are sitting on the, the pew every Sunday, sitting on the chair every Sunday, whatever church or denomination you go to. I don't want to offend anybody. But but whatever whatever church that you go to, if you're a believer, these folks are believers, meaning therefore they are the brethren. And if you can't love your brother who you can see, how can you love God whom you can't see is what the Bible says. So watch this. This whole NIMBY thing, this whole not in my backyard thing is going to have to stop. It's going to have to stop. For faith-based communities across the country. I ain't even just talking about about BTB right now. Take take us out of the equation. Communities need to come together. Communities need to come together. Let me ask you a question. If the addict is not in a faith-based recovery community, home, program, whatever they've got going on, let me ask you a question. Where do you think they are? Where do you think that they are? Where do you think they're driving? Where, where do you think that they are living? I'm going to let that soak in for a minute. Because I think, I think a lot of us are smarter than what we're really behaving like. I really do. I think a lot of us are smarter than some than how some are behaving. I, matter of fact, I know they're smarter than, than, the, than the way that some folks behave about these type of issues. Come on. So, so where do you think that these individuals, if they're not in a faith-based program, where in the world are they living? Where in the world are they driving? They live right down the street from you. They live in the community. They're at your rec centers, right? They're driving, they're at the grocery store. If they're not getting help, they're in our community taking from the community. How, how do you know that? Well, well, I was one of them. I was one of them. But I was given an opportunity. I was given an opportunity. Let me say that again. I was given an opportunity to go to a faith-based program. You want to know how many more I've been to since I went through Teen Challenge? 
Zero. It took me one time for Jesus to get a hold of me. And there's a bunch of other people that are the same way. We need communities to come together. We need communities to come together. And watch this. If you're a believer and you have the mentality of NIMBY, can I help you today? You need deliverance just like that addict needs deliverance. Do you want to know why? You have a spiritual issue just like the addict has a spiritual issue because now you have a spirit of religion and a pharisaical spirit of religion that says, I'm better than you. I've been serving God longer than you. I don't care if you've said yes to Jesus now. All I know is what your past says, and that's who you are to me, which is, a fa let me, Jesus gives, tells the parable about the man who's beating his chest, crying out to God and saying, Lord, forgive me. I am a sinful man. And yet there was a, a Pharisee that came to pray. And he's looking around saying, God, thank you. I'm not like these other people. So hear me well. If you're a believer. And you have that type of attitude. Of not in my backyard. To faith based organizations, you need deliverance. You have a spiritual problem which is going to take a spiritual solution. So it sounds like those type of folks really aren't much better than the addict if you really get down to it. Number four, the last and, and final strategy that we need to talk about. You better know who is in local politics in your area. <laughs> See, we, especially us in the church, because I'm talking to church folks too, by the way. I'm talking to church folks, because Paul tells me, what business do I have judging outsiders of the church? Um, I, I'm supposed to judge inside the church, is what is what Paul says. So, you better know who is in local politics because we as believers, we get real caught up with who's in Washington. We get real caught up in who's the president. We get real caught up in who is the governor. We get real caught up in all of those things. But yet, we don't know what's happening in our backyard. And elected officials make policies that keep folks out, that keep folks down. I live in a place where there, there's still a little bit of a good old boy system going on. You know, the funny thing about a good old boy system is technically, most of the time, it's not illegal. It's just unethical. You know, you got you get folks that are married on one commission, and then the wife is on the other commission. Then you get things like daddy in one chair and the son in another chair. It's like a monopoly on votes. I talked to people about this just to see if maybe I was 
maybe I was, um, you know, over overanalyzing, overthinking, and they laughed. They they laughed about it. Literally laughed because it's it's just it's crazy. I mean, it's it's absolutely it's crazy. You better know the policymakers in your cities and in your counties. Watch this. The district attorney in your county has what's known as prosecutory discretion. Some prosecutors think that this means I can say and do whatever I want. I've had a DA call me a snake oil salesman. I thought this was funny too because he's a believer. He called me a snake oil salesman because I teach men Jesus and a born-again experience. Watch this. A born-again experience, being filled with the Holy Ghost and being discipled, gives them the ability to have a new life. Sounds like something out of the Bible to me. But I was called a snake oil salesman. The only thing I'm selling is that Christ still saves, that, that Jesus still heals that he still delivers, that he's still holding his promise that he said 2,000 plus years ago where he said, I came to set the captives free. I came to pop blind eyes open. I came to, to help the lame get up and walk. And yes, all those things were physically, but they were also spiritually. Because let me tell you something, the addict can't see. They, they can't walk on their own. They're blind. But but I, I've been called a, a snake oil salesman because of that. By another believer. Prosecutory discretion does not mean that you get to say and do what you want. Prosecutory discretion means that you have the ability to help people or you or you don't. You you have the ability to help or don't. You have the ability to serve the community. Or be intoxicated off of power. There's another thing because everybody, you know, people are making statements about people in addiction. They're, they have intoxication problems. They get intoxicated. They do this. They do that. But when you're intoxicated off of power, it's just as bad. So you need to know prosecutorial discretion doesn't mean you get to say and do whatever you want. They they are they are powerful people. But you need to put people in office that do not abuse their power and are for the people. And let me say this too when it comes to district attorney's offices, because I work with them all over the state. I work with them all over the country. I work with judges. And let me say this about judges in Coffee County. We've had some great judges. We really have. And we've had judges that believe in helping people and they have helped people. And they are going to continue to help people no matter if other offices don't want to help people. They've committed that we're going to help people. Judges, mayors, commissioners, the district attorneys, these are all very, very, very important people. If we want to overcome the overdose problem, the pandemic that we have with addiction and overdoses and fentanyl and all this stuff, we are going to need to put godly people in office. By the way, godly Christian people, let's listen to Jesus. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. 
Not what they say, but what they do. A lot of people know how to talk Christianese, but their actions speak differently. They, they, it speaks differently. So if we want to, in local communities, y'all better pay attention to what I'm telling y'all right now. If you don't live in Manchester, you better pay attention to what I'm telling you right now. You need to know who local politicians are, who local commissioners are, who your mayors are, who the district attorney is, who works in the district attorney's office, who is your sheriff. You need to know who every single one of these people are because they're important. Can I say this too? I understand not everybody belongs in a faith-based pro or not everybody wants a faith-based program. That's what I should say. Because first of all, everybody needs Jesus. But I understand that, that that's not for everybody. Our structure, our discipline, it's not for everybody. But for the individuals that are asking for faith-based treatment because they've been in 30-day programs and it's been a revolving door and nothing's ever changed and they've been in addiction for 10, 15, 30-plus years because 30-day programs don't work. Going seeing a shrink don't work. Watch this. Sitting around in a circle talking about, hi, my name's Bill, I'm an addict and I'm always going to be one, don't work. You want to know why? Because the power of life and death is in your tongue. And when you run around saying I'm an addict or I'm a drunk, I'm an alcoholic, and I'm always going to be one, guess what you're always going to be? But if these people are asking for faith-based treatment, if people are asking for faith-based treatment, we as a society owe that to them to at least give them a chance. Heck, put them on a furlough, and then if they, they leave or get kicked out of the program, you can, you know, you can uh, you can send them back to jail. Lock them up. Throw away the key, like what a lot of people want to do anyways. You know, give them a chance, though. Let them, let them come to a program if they, if they want to come. Number four, research. Get to know people in local government before you vote them in. They are going to determine the outcome of your county. They're going to determine whether people get help or whether people stay in a cycle and the bodies pile up. Like I said in the beginning, that's what this is about. The next county over, I just had somebody post a comment in my, in my page. They've had, I think, two to three in the last two weeks. And we had four. Um, in my, my home county in three weeks. It's more than one a week, folks. People are dying. H hear me out. I'm not mad, but people are dying. What are we as the body of Christ? I guess I'm talking, I'm talking to Christians here. What are we as the body of Christ what are we going to do about it? Because we're going to stand before God one day and give an account for our life. Let me tell you something right now. I really believe this with all of my heart. That if Jesus was walking the face of the earth, I think he would seek out BTB and Miriam House to go share a meal with them. 
Why? Because they were the tax collector. They were the prostitute. They were the they were the angry person. They were the bitter person. They were the addicted person. They were the sick. Sick healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. We gotta we gotta do better, y'all. We gotta be better. We have to do better. And we can. And we can. Because here's what I'm saying. This ain't all doom and gloom, y'all. What I'm telling you tonight is not all doom and gloom. Because we as the body of Christ can come together and lock shields and stop all the nonsense. And we can come together and we can do something about this in our communities. And we can give people the gospel. And we can give people a loving arm. Come on, we can we can pray with people, we can feed people, we can get them into programs, we can get them off the street, and we can give them Jesus. But it's not going to happen if everybody's divided, communities don't come together, government or leadership doesn't come together, if we don't understand that addiction is a spiritual problem, so it's going to take a spiritual solution, and us start helping faith-based organizations, if we don't hold each other accountable, it, it's not going to happen, but I gave us an equation. Those are four things that can help us bring this together and make this happen. I say, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Help us, Lord. Let us humble ourselves before the throne of God and say, God, use me. Allow me to be a link and a connection to bring people together and to pull people completely out of darkness and put them in front of Jesus, who's wrapped in marvelous light, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. We can do this, and we can fix this, and we can right the ship. But it's going to take people coming together. Church of Jesus Christ, hear me out tonight. I plead with you. Let's come together. Let's come together. Let, let, let's lock shields together on this because people are dying and going to a sinner's hell that was never created for them, but it was created for the devil and his angels, but they're dying mixed up in witchcraft and sorcery. And we're out here arguing about whatever. Body of Christ, let's do better. Let's be better. I love y'all very much. I love the body of Christ. I love Jesus bride. Um, you know, I just, I really do. I believe that, um, uh, that the Lord is good, that the Lord is faithful and that he's still doing what he said he would do 2000 plus years ago. And he's still setting the captive free. He's still healing people. He's still delivering people and he's a good God. He doesn't want to want to send everybody to hell, like contrary to what, what contrary to what some think. The Bible says it's his kindness and his goodness that leads to repentance. Let, let's, let's show the world the kindness and the goodness of God to the people and the individuals around us. Because we can do this. I want to pray and then we'll be jumping off for the night. Father, we love you, God. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. Father, I thank you for all that you have done within BTB and Miriam House, Lord. I thank you, God, for all that you are doing with faith-based recovery centers around, around and across the globe, God. 
for you are worthy, Lord Jesus, to be praised. You are still doing what you said you would do. You are still accomplishing what you said you would accomplish. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, you are good. And Lord, you're still, you still love the addict. You hate the sin, but you love the sinner. You, you love the person that's wrapped up in a lifestyle of mess because you sent your one and only son to die for them. For if whosoever believe in God, for the whosoever, if we would confess and believe in our hearts, we shall be saved. For you so loved the world that you sent your one and only son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God, you love us. You love these individuals who are, who are wrapped up in this mess. Lord, and I know a lot of them and they're praying for deliverance. They're praying for a way out. They just need an opportunity. Lord, just like you gave me the opportunity, just like you gave Tasha the opportunity, just like you gave our staff the opportunity. Lord, I'm praying that you would give these individuals who are lost and wrapped up in addiction, that you would give them the opportunity to be healed, set free and delivered by the power of your spirit. Lord, unite us as the body of Christ. Lord, unite us. No more division. But may we be united for a cause to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, may we create disciples. May we be unified and come together. Father, forgive us in our shortcomings and our failures, starting with me, God, for I'm an imperfect man serving a perfect king. But God, in your grace and in your mercy, you have called me out and made me a part of this ecclesia, made me a part of this body, and God, we've got to come together. Lord, forgive us for our factions and divisions. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, God, we pray. Forgive me, God, I pray. Help me to do better. Lord, you've given me a burden for these individuals. And God, I thank you for that burden. It is a passion to see the lost saved and to see the addict set free. I thank you for placing that passion in me. I thank you for placing that calling and purpose in me. Help us as the body of Christ to have that same passion. Lord God, to not have prejudice, but to have love upon our hearts and our lips to see the addict set free. Help us to hold on to these words that were spoken tonight and help us to apply them. Lord, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we love y'all and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.